Hi, everybody. I'm Keith Cauley with the Thrive Bridgestone Americas podcast, and we are again at CES 2024, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, we are here talking about the future of mobility, the work that we're doing on Bridgestone 3.0 to advance our vision for sustainable mobility and solutions. Uh, but while we're here, we're getting a chance to talk to a lot of our partners and other leaders in the industry that are on this journey with us and helping us make these uh, big advancements. And today, we're really excited to be talking talking to a partner from uh, our fleet trucking world and, and beyond, which is part of what we'll talk about today. Uh, but a name that I think a lot of people at Bridgestone and probably if you've just been driving on the road is a very familiar name to see. Uh, but Penske Corporation is with us here today. Uh, we'll introduce each of our guests here. We'll start with the one from Penske, Bill Combs, Vice President of Sustainability for Penske. Uh, great to have you here. Great to talk to you, Bill. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And across from me, one of my Bridgestone colleagues, Mark Matoki, Executive Director of Sustainability Enabling Solutions within our Bridgestone Mobility Solutions business. How you doing, Mark? Doing well. Thank you. Thanks Absolutely. for having me here. Uh, we're happy to, to dive in and see a little bit about each of your perspectives, but also the work that we're doing together across uh, a lot of these topics. But before we get there, our listeners always know we like to learn a little bit about the background of each of you. Um, so maybe, Bill, let's start with you. What's been your journey to this current role as VP of Sustainability? We were talking off. I, I know there's a, a little bit of a, of a diverse path in there to this point, but yeah. what's, been the, what's been the resume? Yeah. How far <laughs> back do you want to go? Oh, is the question. The beauty of the podcast is we've got time. So we can have we can explore anything you want here. Yeah. Good. Well, I was in sales for mm-hmm. for a number of years out of school and okay. uh, then I uh, I actually went to culinary school when sales just didn't feel like the right thing. <laughs> we we went in a different direction. Yeah, very different direction. <laughs> I had cooked while I was in college okay. and I loved it, but I never saw it as a job and then later I said, "You know what?" That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> and, I, I, and I did that for a number of years, finished culinary school, cooked in Baltimore, cooked in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. And uh, I loved the creative process. And I, you know, got back into kind of marketing and then advertising and then some, some digital work. And then uh, I was doing some work with Penske, uh, the small agency I was with, and got offered a job to come work full time at Penske. And, and uh, I got hired in 2011 there to do the to lead all of the strategy and execution for the truck rental so Penske truck rental um, marketing team and uh, eventually we we got to a point where we said we need to do more with the data from trucks Um, so I did what was posed to me as an eight-week project to (laughs) to do a strategy some strategy work around what should we be doing uh, around around data from the trucks uh, telematics data that kind of thing and uh, at the end of the eight weeks reported out to a group of uh, executive steering team and they said okay go do that and thanks for your eight weeks there's a few more yeah here's eight more years (laughs) so you know so did that and we've built out some really interesting data capabilities and because of really where we were in the marketplace we're not a truck manufacturer we weren't you know mostly a truck operator we have a logistics arm but for the most part we're enabling customers to operate their own truck fleets so getting the data from those trucks in real time really helped us on the maintenance side and the operational side from a maintenance or from a truck rental standpoint as well when we got the opportunity to run electric trucks uh, in 2018 um, I got asked to kind of start working on that. So I did that for a couple of years, super interesting work, and that kind of put me in the room 
talking about all kinds of sustainability initiatives, that just being one of them. And uh, Roger Penske um, had the foresight, as he does with a lot of things in business and racing and everything else, to say, not only are we doing a lot on the truck leasing and logistics side of the business where I came from, but also on the auto group side, we have a uh, 350 or so car dealerships around the world and so that's a huge piece of business it's a public company and then we have the motorsports side so we we operate the indy motor speedway own, own and operate that we own the indy car series uh, and we have a race team in charlotte that competes on nascar indy car and sports car so um, he saw that, that all of the stuff, kind of sustainability stuff and initiatives that were taking place were excellent, but they didn't have a lot of structure to them. And, and he said, let's do this, but let's do it together. Let's build a, a team that can actually attack sustainability across the board. So not just one company and have these kind of silos working and kind of working together once in a while, but let's have a day-to-day team that can focus on sustainability for all these different companies. So that that's what got me to where I am now. And, and I love the fact that I, you know, knew a lot about the truck side of the business, but now I know a lot about the car dealership and truck dealership side of the business, as well as motorsports, which is always exciting. And, and you know, even seeing how that sausage is made is, is pretty, <laughs> it's still a really cool place to be. And it's yeah. a really interesting world. Super intense, different animal over there in the, in the racing motorsports yes. world. Uh, pure curiosity here. Uh, what types of restaurants did you work in for those years in Baltimore and Philadelphia? What were you cooking? Baltimore was kind of upscale American, I would oh, call sure. it, you know, coat and tie, not for the cooks, but for the guests, <laughs> you know, the, the, the domes. Would, a place I'm not going to be yeah. wel- welcomed at. I don't have enough of that formal wear. It was so. a real <laughs> high-end uh, hotel and it was, okay. the, it was the nicest restaurant in that hotel. Um, but, you know, the dome service where sure. the servers all stand around and take the <laughs> I've domes I've seen it off. on TV. Yeah. I know all about it. Yes. So, and then, and then I moved to Philadelphia and worked um, for a French restaurant, uh, La Croix at the Rittenhouse, which is another hotel, but it was really a standalone restaurant and, and just such hard work, but such great, you know, teamwork and everyone's got to do their part or you got half a plate of food going out. And uh, it was really a great learning experience and probably the hardest work I've ever done, but the most interesting and most creative and innovative uh, space, I think, and real time movement. Like just you're, you're thinking on your feet, you're having to do everything in real time. Mark, do you ever, do you ever work in a kitchen? You go to Culinary Institute over there? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I can't claim that that's my, that's my skill set. So, uh, that is yeah. okay. Why don't you tell us that non culinary world, what's been your journey over here? Sure, Mark? absolutely. Yeah. So, so, um, geez, where should I start as well? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I've been with Bridgestone coming up to 16 years okay. now. From a career standpoint, uh, when I joined Bridgestone, I started out in the retail group. So I started my career there at BSRO, joined as an analyst uh, to help and, and, and help our, our stores be able to be extremely capable in servicing with the evolution of vehicles that yeah. we see um, in the market, right? Um, and ensuring that you know the the 2200 stores that we have in our network um, has the tech, they have the technology, they have the capability, 
um, the service cap servicing capability, as well as the, the education, the training needed, um, and ensuring that we can continue to um, grow that business as well. Um, and, and while I was doing that, you know, strategy was, was a key core of how do we continue to do that to extend based on, you know, the evolving vehicles, uh, the technology that's coming into the vehicles uh, were really, you know, shaping what we needed to do to continue to service our, our customers. Um, and so uh, a lot of different innovation initiatives were interesting for me uh, back then and, and, and really had the opportunity to kind of drive some of those, those aspects of it um, and ensuring that we can continue to service those vehicles and how do we leverage digital and, and at that point um, some of our processes have been very manual. So how do we take into account the data coming from the vehicle? Um, obviously, you know, the, the aspects of that vehicle, it, you know, will collect that information. And then how do we make that in, in a manner that the customer can understand? And so different programs, uh, such as how we inspect the vehicle, we tried to digitize that. And then uh, transition to more of the business planning and the strategy with the retail organization. Uh, and then ultimately had the opportunity where um, are there other aspects where I could continue to grow my career at Bridgetown and uh, had the opportunity to join over on the product development side. Moved from the Chicago area over to Akron uh, where we have our technology center, America's technology center there. Joined the team there, uh, started to develop and help out with the, the, the technology planning side of things. And, and, and then ultimately, um, you know, as, as, as we matured uh, that aspect of it, uh, we, we, you know, it's not just about our products. How do we continue to expand that as Bridgestone's on this sustainable solutions journey yeah. and, and the opportunity, um, you know, uh, together with, with the leadership there, uh, I've been able to transition over into not only just from a technology strategy, but then how do you marry that with solutions? Yeah. What do we need to do from a mobility solution standpoint? So that kind of, you know, that, that's where um, my, my, my road has been to my, yeah. my current, you know, uh, role. I think yeah. that that is very much like the evolution a lot of Bridgestone over the last, you know, two decades, right? Of right. seeing how we're keeping up with the pace of the market, trying to evolve the products to the future, and then now even more into the solutions. And I think that a lot of people, hopefully listening to the podcast before or at Bridgestone have understood what we're doing around sustainability, our targets, our strategy, our focus. If, you, if you're if you listening and you don't know, I've got some podcast episodes out there that you can listen to to help fill the gaps. Um, but would love to hear, Bill, from your perspective, right, around what is Penske's view of mobility, uh, the future of mobility, sustainability's role in that? Because, you know, I think we like to think that a lot of the partners in the industry have a similar vision, and I think that's to a degree accurate, right? Yeah, it is. And, it, you know, for us, at the end of the day, you know, everything... Penske does basically has wheels on it and is somehow transportation uh, related. So we look at four main areas right now. One is measuring and monitoring. So it's a lot of the data. And what we knew is going into sustainability and really putting this more rigorous uh, kind of approach to it and team around it is that we can't we can just go out and do things, but we won't be able to measure what's happening there. So measurement and monitoring, having baselines and continuing to evolve how much data we have and how we can aggregate that data, how we can automate a lot of that data is a big piece of it. And then uh, vehicle decarbonization. So again, all four companies have vehicles, uh, very core to the businesses themselves. So how do we look at at ways to decarbonize, whether it's a truck fleet or a car dealership or a motorsports event. 
are getting to or and from there. Then we have facilities, which everyone has facilities. Most, most companies have some sort of facility, bricks and mortar, that kind of thing. And these are pretty controllable uh, environments that we can, we can upgrade lighting to LEDs. We can upgrade HVAC systems. We can put better insulation and types of glass in. Um, so how do we learn from from what we do in one part of the business and just start to really tackle that all together and make more efficient facilities and then look at renewable uh, electricity and re renewable sure. energy to help support those, those facilities themselves. And then just um, collaborative leadership is the fourth one. And that's really what we're doing here with Bridgestone. It's, it's, what we, it's how we collaborate internally. It's how we collaborate with our partners, knowing that none of this on the sustainability front is doable just by ourselves as Penske. We need partners just like we do for the, every other part of our business. So those are the real core focus areas right now uh, that we're focused on from a sustainability standpoint. Yeah. Well, I think it speaks to kind of one of the larger topics we wanted to talk about today was this work that we're, we're getting into together, that fourth pillar of, of collective leadership. Uh, I think we have, you know, the team I think is called the Strategic Alliances team, right, with Bridgestone, and we're looking at that similar aspect of who are other leaders in the industry that think the same way as us about the future of mobility, the challenges, the ways to approach those challenges, and how do we work together uh, in our relationship and beyond to, to make an impact there. Um, Penske is one of our, our the top collaborative, I think, leaders in the industry that we're working with in a lot of different ways, which is why I'm excited to have the conversation. Um, maybe, Mark, to start us off with a foundation, what are maybe some of the starting points of our relationship with, with Penske? Penske, um, and how have they evolved over time? So maybe even before we started to collaborate on other things, I mean, there's a lot going on with Penske and Bridgestone, and it's then grown into what's going on. Now. Right, absolutely. And I think there's a long history of, of, of Penske and Bridgestone coming together and working together, and it's just not on sustainability, yep. but through all the different businesses that sure. in, in the markets and the customers we serve. They got so, trucks, right? We got, yeah, <laughs> we got wheels, not wheels, <laughs> the tires. Absolutely. I, I think other aspects around just our Core, core tire business, the tires and the retread, and how do we help Penske manage their fleet? Um, how do we help them optimize the fleet? Because the tires is a key component of sure. making sure that we can ensure that uptime, minimize the downtime, um, and extend the longevity uh, of the assets that Penske owns right across their business. And so different types of trucks, different class of vehicles, um, all those at the end of the day require tires. And so, you know, how do we help uh, collaborate and, and, and exchange? And I think you mentioned data. I think data is a key element and, and we continue to go on that journey. This is a journey and, and, and we can't do it just by ourselves. We need to lean in on our customers, get their feedback. Bridgestone is very customer centric, right? That, that's a key piece, uh, a pillar of who we are and what we need to do. And I think, um, you know, it's great to have a, a partner like uh, Bill and his team and, and the entire Penske team to, to be able to collaborate in these areas. Yeah, and I think motorsports is one that we, we've talked a little bit about in different ways on the podcast. We actually have another recording we're doing here at CS about our focus on global premium motorsports that are now global premium sustainable motorsports as a focus for us increasingly in the future. Um, and as Mark noted, and I, maybe we can dive into a couple of the details here just to discuss from especially also the, the Penske side as you approach the motorsports. I mean, we've talked 
talked about how we've used, you know, Waiuli derived rubber from, you know, the southwest of the United States as an alternative source of natural rubber, put it in the, uh, the street course tires over the last two seasons in the IndyCar series. But a lot of ongoing conversation about, to Mark's point, using motorsports as a proof point. It's a visibility point, a way that we can test and see things and then extend it to the other parts of the business. What are maybe some of the ways beyond the Waiuli tire, right, Bill, that we've had conversations in the motorsports world and then both with Bridgestone and Penske, but also what Penske's thinking in general as well. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting area because it's it's a place, it can be the test bed for yeah. new technologies, which is really the one of the reasons that a lot of OEMs and, and manufacturers of all types of equipment are in motorsport yeah. is to test things out at the most rigorous levels. So the most demanding, most highest speeds, highest heat levels, all of those kinds of things, and to be able to compete at that level is super important. So, um, you know, the Waiuli is a huge deal. I mean, I was I was at the the Indy 500 uh, leading up to it when they when they had uh, the Waiuli as just kind of the pit road challenge. Yeah, that was and the, that was the, the first fir- on that was the, yeah, that was yeah. the first like on right. camera scene of the green sidewall Waiuli tires. Um, and then I got to be at the first road course race uh, when those things went into full effect last yeah. season. And for every street course race, yeah. uh, those are the tires that get used. And again, that'll happen this year. And it's really exciting to see not only you know, by mandate, they have to use both sets of tires in a given race, the the blacks and the greens, but they're doing all of their uh, highest, they're starting the race yeah. on their Wiley tires. They are uh, doing their pole runs on the Wiley tires because they're the fastest tires. So yeah. it's a really cool to see that. So I don't want to underplay the Wiley <laughs> thing. I just want to get it into the truck side now. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, the domestic rubber. <laughs> we, got, uh, we just got to grow more is, shrubs. Is, exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So however we can help there, we'll do it. Just grow more tires. But um, so, you know, another thing. So obviously that's a clear indicator of it's a great place to test new yeah. technologies but it's also a place that we can bring technologies that exist into that environment and a really good example i think is you know we we ran electric medium and heavy duty trucks in primarily or actually solely in california for mm-hmm. a few years we put a electric charging network all together, heavy-duty charging in Southern California at seven different locations so we could operate electric vehicles. Well, a lot of us really wanted to see, let's get these things out of California. Obviously, they'll work, but you know, if everything's always running in California, it just feels like, how are we going to scale this? What's going to happen in other yeah. places? So the first place we really did that was a couple of years ago, two, 500, two Indy 500s ago, we, we brought two of the... Uh, Freightliner E Cascadias to Indianapolis, and it actually is the shuttle that runs all the Firestone tires to and from the racetrack from Performance Tire. And so it's a fully zero emission tire transport, and that's what we've decaled out the trailers with zero emission tire transport. There's 12 or more trailers that run these tires throughout the month of May to and from the, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And it was a really cool way to show that you can take something and again it's just trucking at the end of the day but let's put it in the in the eye of the spectator in the eye of other partners and show this is something that's important to us and we want to bring it into this same realm and you know by the way we installed heavy duty charging inside the uh, right next to the museum inside the Indianapolis Motor Speedway mm-hmm. and all of that runs on renewable energy so you truly have a zero emission tire transport you know and now it's 
Now it's time to start thinking about how do we scale that out, you know, and, and do that for more of the series or deliver race cars to tracks or whatever it is. So, you know, it's an incubator, but it's also a place to really be able to showcase the kind of work we're already doing together in kind of the B2B world, which a lot of people might just not be paying attention to. Yeah, and I know it's not just Bridgestone, right? I mean, you're doing work in the series with Shell, other partners Absolutely. to try to find these avenues of sustainability to make advancements. And we did work with Shell as well. I think yeah, the, I think it's it's a joint collaboration yeah. across you know multiple partners. So Another really strategic exciting. alliance yes. kind of industry leader that we're working with. And I think that was the new Indy 500 tire this past year in 2023 was working with Shell uh, with some uh, recycled monomers from right. uh, hard to recycle plastics. I think there's a collection of uh, a list of things that we need to list and what those specifically are, but um, made the Indy 500 tires this last year. But it, so it goes really to all aspects of, of racing in that sense. Not just, We're talking about Bridgestone, but there's more Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. Sure. And, you know, we, we can own and operate the track and we can own and operate the series, but it takes partnerships and it takes, you know, we're not building the cars and making the tires and transporting everyone. So it, it's really about everyone working together. And it's, it is, I mean, racing is just such a great example of a full ecosystem. We were talking about cooking earlier. You can look at that as well. You know, you've got this whole business that operates. It's manufacturing of race cars and components. It's transportation of those race cars and components and fans and people to and from tracks. It's building facilities. It's everything that you think about when you, but it's just at a maybe smaller scale than just overall manufacturing. But it's, and it's a, it's a huge R&D piece too. So it's got some really interesting elements from, you know, what can we learn from that and take outside and what we can, can we take from outside and bring, bring into that world. And then the green flag drops at the Indy 500, and you you remove the dome, just like you come out of the fancy kitchen. There you go. And And I'll tell you what, like it pieces together. There's a there's a thing, and the best the the best success is when you put a Wiley tire in or renewable race fuel from Shell or whatever, and no one notices. Right. (laughs) The drivers say, "I didn't." I didn't. It was no difference. Right. And that's what's been happening. So with the right partners, and obviously a lot of testing happens before you let someone go 200 miles an hour on a on a green tire. Right. That's. I think one of the things when we we talk to some teammates and they're super interested about it, and they're like, "Well, why can't we do X, Y, and Z?" And it's like, "Well, we've got to do a lot behind the scenes to make sure things are ready and viable. Like there's a lead up process. We can't just say, "Hey, uh, hey, IndyCar, Mark Miles." And, and Jay, Try this thing out. We're, we're going to change it for next week's race. We're ready right, to go, right? right. So we do a lot of work in that regard. And that's, um, that's definitely the best compliment, right? It's, yeah. it's out of sight, out of mind, right? right? And, and, and how we make sure. Yep. The tires right. are performing as they always do, yeah. right? Um, well, let's maybe shift out of motorsports into, into maybe some more normal things business things that people would think about with us. We talked about a lot of wheels uh, in, in Penske. So how do we help service uh, with tires and solutions uh, to keep you guys running and, and making some great uh, optimizing moves? Um, but retreading, I think, is a, is a hugely obvious one for anybody who works at Bridgestone to know where that sits within our business and our strategy moving forward because of the sustainable aspects. But for a, for a fleet company and a transportation company at scale, it's a huge impact for you as well. Maybe Mark retreading from the Bridgestone and then into the Bridgestone Penske relationship side. How important and a point of interest is that? Yeah, absolutely. I think retread is a key pillar for Bridgestone to be able to be the sustainable solutions company that we're on this journey. And what the benefits of what a retread provides uh, to a fleet is, is, is not only just from a sustainability standpoint, but if you think about it, 
the tire is a key asset and, and how do you leverage that asset to the full extent? And so what really matters, um, especially with our customers and fleets like Penske is, um, you know, what, what are the levers that we can utilize to be able to do that, right? And so the tire has a, a major impact on how the vehicle is efficient. Um, the fuel costs involved with it. Uh, how do we continue to optimize that asset? But through that process, we can also extend the longevity of the tire and retread as a piece of that, right? And so if we can make more retreads and leverage the data, I think we were touching on that a little bit earlier, is, is being able to understand, you know, what's that health of the tire? Um, can we do some additional retreads? That, that's a key component as part of extending the life of their assets. And I think there's a number of operational benefits that Penske sees through that, not only from an operational standpoint, the total cost of ownership, as well as ultimately the sustainability goals um, and, and targets that we both have. Yeah. And so maybe Bill can kind of speak through some of the, the actual operations that Penske utilizes retreaded tires for um, and, and, and really, you know, how we see that and quantify that because, I, you know, this is an area that we really need to better understand um, and extend some of the opportunities that we have to continue to improve retread, retread technologies and all the different services and solutions that, that we're working on. Yeah, and retread was one of my earliest learnings, honestly, on in, when I took this role two, two or so years ago. So the first kind of big partnership meeting after taking this role was a bunch of Bridgestone folks came to Reading, Pennsylvania, and we had a really great meeting. And there was some discussion around retreading, and this was new to me, so I didn't understand. I understood what retreading was, but I didn't know to what extent we were actually doing it. And it turns out it's a huge extent, and we are doing everything we can to take a program that started several years ago for mostly financial reasons to start it, but the environmental sustainability impact is, is massive. Just the, the, the uh, reduction in use of raw materials that go into a new tire, et cetera. But, you know, and every year, or not every year, but constantly we're looking at this uh, continuous improvement around our retreading program with Bandag and others as far as how do we retread more tires? How do we keep those tires in play longer? Obviously, safety is absolutely number one. And then you've got the financial benefit and the, and the environmental benefit. After that meeting, I got with our uh, tire program lead, and uh, he explained to me the whole process. A absolutely, I was amazed by how much went into this whole program around retreading our tires. Um, and he said, but you know what? When the scrap truck comes and these tires don't last forever you're going to have damaged tires that have sidewall damage and you can't retread and and you're going to just wear them out at some point and you can't retread them anymore and and that's what's really exciting to me is we can then work with with our partner on figuring out how do we start to think about the end of life of that tire that tire is going to go somewhere let's just make sure it's getting to the right place and that's a lot more like a lot of things in sustainability it's a lot more complex than you think there's the whole that whole circularity of tire is such a huge kind of exciting and maybe an area that i didn't think would be as exciting but is really kind of a shorter to medium term kind of up, upside to doing this work together but it takes you know it takes 
our tire suppliers. It takes Bridgestone, it takes Penske, it takes our tire dealers, it takes the scrap companies. So we all have to work together to figure this thing out. Why don't I add to that, Bill? Because I think what's really exciting about the retread is, you know, retread's been predominantly in more of that large class A commercial vehicle space. But um, what we're finding out is, you know, we have the opportunity to extend that into other class size vehicles, right? So if you think about last mile delivery, um, you see all these trucks, the smaller trucks that are running around in your neighborhoods. And I think the opportunity we're also looking at is how do we take advantage of retread technologies and apply it to those type of vehicles? And I think that's really an exciting area, the domain for us um, to extend our capabilities uh, in delivering our products, designing our products from the very beginning. Uh, to be more compatible uh, with those type of vehicles Uh, because, you know, uh, we value that convenience and with that delivery coming to our homes, and there's a lot of those running around as well. So, um, and and plus your business with with Penske, and and obviously you have a lot of large fleets in in those categories as well. So I think that's another area that we're going to continue to explore the collaboration and efforts around that. Yeah, I mean, scaling all of this stuff is really the goal. So, you know, whether it's the type of vehicle can be on, you know, taking it from the racetrack to outside the racetrack to, you know, to the vehicles you and I drive every day. So, you know, that's where, that's where it gets really impactful is when we can, we can scale all these things. Yeah. And we talk about like motorsports, this collaborative proving ground, we've got retread, which is an area of focus for us that has huge impact for you. Uh, I think coming the other way, right. One of the things we talk about is that Bridgestone moves a lot of tires, right? We make them at our manufacturing plants. We have to distribute them all across the country and beyond. And y'all at Penske have a lot of expertise in logistics and moving things, right? I guess, and I'm assuming maybe we have a lot of conversations around that aspect of our business that you can lend expertise to. Yeah, we do. And and uh, it's something that, you know, Mark and I and a, a whole bunch of others have been starting to work on more and more is this concept of a learning lab around the movement of those tires. So, you know, from distribution to stores or whatever part of the supply chain you want to think about, there's a lot of movement of of the product itself. You know, we want to operate these trucks as efficiently and cheaply as possible, but they have to run all the time. So you need as close to 100% uptime as possible, but you want the the best aerodynamics of these vehicles and the, the best miles per gallon as you're operating them. So the goal right now is to really take an extremely focused look at the work that Penske Logistics and Bridgestone are doing together uh, from a transportation of the tire standpoint, and then do a lot of testing and, and test these different technologies out uh, that are focused on th- that exact movement. So, and it could be aerodynamics, it could be fuel types, it could be uh, different tire types, it could be uh, different manufacturers of trucks, it could be whatever we want it to be. Um, but this learning lab, which doesn't have an endpoint, it's something we always want to be doing, but we're very focused on it right now. And I think it'll, it'll be something that we want to make sure is is trackable going back to that measurement and monitoring thing you know we want all the data from it we want to be able to show certain components certain types of driver behaviors certain types of routing that we do can all impact the efficiency and sustainability uh, measurements for for a fleet like this for sure Anything you have on that? Yeah, the learning lab is really exciting. I mean, it's a continuous journey and continuous learning and leveraging the data. I think, you know, 
one aspect is though with sustainability, it brings together a lot of different components and you need a lot of data to just figure out exactly what impact you're having because there's so many variables involved in trying to reduce your overall footprint, right? And so I think through the learning lab, that can allow us to help us understand what prioritization do we need to make, what type of investments we need to make, um, and what type of levers should we pull on uh, because, you know, in some aspects of it, it's it's not one-dimensional. You have multiple impacts when you when you go in one aspect of it, then you might suffer in other areas. How do we have it, you know, um, you know have our cake and eat it too, as they say, right? How can we get the bo- best of both worlds balancing uh, what we need to do to optimize the operations, make sure we have the best uptime possible, minimize that downtime? How do we leverage technology? How do we leverage the data? How do we leverage the insights? And, and really transform the operations so that we can ultimately be sustainable as well. So I think the Learning Lab is just a wonderful concept as a strong partner with Penske to, for us to be able to do that. Yeah. And we're here at CES, and I think as we wrap up, you know, the a big focus here is the technology, all these data capture points and what people do with data that you were just talking about, Mark. And, you know, Bill, the eight-week project has become a, a multi-year right. journey into the world of data as things evolve. Um, so I, I think maybe as we close, we always, you know, to a degree, like to look at the future and say, like, this is what we've been doing or what we're all working on. What's maybe next? What are we most excited about that is coming or soon to come that we're working on? Or what are we, what activity are most excited about seeing become reality? For me, it's, it's about how do we, it's not one technology. How do we thread all of these pieces together? I think we've touched on data quite a bit. We touched on retread as a solution. You know, of course, we need to have best-in-class products, um, you know, our tires in, in our case, right? And so how do we bring all those pieces together and make sure, I mean, this is also the venue for collaboration and co-creation, sure. right? You, you, you're looking for partners, um, like-minded partners, to be able to, you know, continue to evolve um, and take advantage of the latest sets of technologies and applying it so that we can all be successful. I mean, I'll say it all day long. We we can't do this ourselves. No business can do sustainability themselves, and and it and it's not something you just do. It's something that just needs to become part of, yeah, the culture. But it just needs to become part of every aspect of your business. And I know that's ingrained in in Bridgestone uh, throughout the entire company. And it and it's something that that we've been really developing on our side as well. But anyone within Penske. Uh, that works there. The, the minute you start a new project or new initiatives, sustainability should be a part of that equation. You know, what is the sustainability impact? And if it's not good for the community, if it's not good for people, then don't do it. And and it is, you know, I, I'd like to say, you know, we can always brag about being the largest truck fleet or run the largest single day sporting event in the Indy 500 or have one of the largest truck and car dealership networks on planet Earth. But with that comes an equal size responsibility to be doing these things properly. But it also is a massive opportunity for us to take the lead in a lot of these areas and to learn from our own scale internally uh, and and figure things out that then the industry can use beyond us, whether it's a competitor or not, as long as we're doing it first. (laughs) There you go, right? (laughs) That collaboration and then the sharing, right? Absolutely. That's what amplifies things. really extends it out. So yeah, that's um, well said. Yeah. Well, Thought, yeah. Thoughts I mean, of smart, creative minds at CES <laughs> that they let in the door over here, everybody. So 
Awesome. Uh, well, it's been great to spend some time with, with both of you today uh, talking about kind of the relationship together. It seems like there's a lot more to come, which is very exciting, right? There's things that are moving, but also things that are, are still to come in that regard. So, Mark, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to join us today. Yeah, thank you very much. Absolutely. And, Bill, thanks for coming to, to Las Vegas and yeah. chatting it out, man. Glad to be here and great partnership, and it's so multifaceted. So thanks for having me. You got it, man. We'll uncover more. We'll have you back. We'll talk about the, the cooking journey. We'll Sounds get into good. the kitchen <laughs> and we'll right. figure Sounds it all good. out. Uh, and thanks to you all for listening, right? Uh, we can't do this without you. It's good to keep doing these Thrive Podcast episodes. Uh, if you'd like to listen to some others, right, we have some topics about sustainability, about motorsports and racing that we've got. Uh, you can find us on any of your podcast platforms of choice, of course. If you also want to watch videos of us having these conversations, you can find us on the Bridgestone YouTube page. If you have an idea, a question, a topic you'd like us to dive into on a future podcast episode, you can also send us an email. Just hit us up at thrivepodcast at bfusa.com. As always, I'm Keith Cauley. We're at CES 2024, but we're still reminding you to keep on keeping on. And remember that at Bridgestone, today, tomorrow, together, we thrive. Be good, everybody.